Welcome to Coffee Shop Conversations with Forrest Day Jr. I'm Forrest. Today we have a couple podcasters on. They have a podcast called Media Path Podcast, and it's Fritz Coleman and Louise Palanker. Their show has discussion of current cultural events and recommendations from the host, as well as extended deep dive discussion with figures who have had meaningful and memorable impact on the media world. Thank you, Fritz, and thank you, Louise, for joining me today. Happy to be here, Forrest. Thanks for inviting us. We're going to talk a little bit about your podcast, Media Path Podcast, but I want to learn a little bit about you two before you started the podcast, and then I want to kind of meld it in how you guys joined forces to create the podcast. Let's start with Louise. My background is in radio. I spent a lot of my career in radio. I started out in television, but I kind of moved into radio writing for a guy called Rick Dees, who was a, a big radio star uh, for all of those following along in Radioland. He, he was a big star in L.A., and then he got a syndicated show called the Rick Dees Weekly Top 40, which on which I was the writer. And from there, I met some disc jockeys that were working at KISS FM, the station where Rick worked. And we formed a company called Premier Radio Networks, which is now a division of iHeartMedia. And as soon as I was always kind of like in the background writing, writing and writing and writing comedy, especially I love, but like interviewing a lot of celebrities through the years. And then as soon as you could podcast and make your own show and be the host, I started dabbling in that because I was intrigued immediately by what technology allowed us to do creatively. Fritz, let's hear your. Well, I came up, I, I, I'm, I'm stationed in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I uh, came out to L.A. in about 1980, and uh, I came out here to pursue a career in stand-up comedy. And while I was performing at the Comedy Store on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood through a long, interesting series of uh, intersecting forces, I got a job doing the weather at Channel 4. First, I was the weekend filling guy for a couple of years, and then my predecessor left, and I went on to become the weekday weatherman. And two years ago, I retired a couple of weeks shy of my 40th anniversary. And um, while I was a comic the whole time I was doing the weather, I did a series of one-person shows, and Wheezy was the producer of two of my shows, and we've just been friends for 30 or more years. And we always sort of had a, a similar uh, feeling about pop culture, about music and movies and documentaries and fictional movies and books. And we'd have these great conversations about it. And then when I retired, which freed me up from my NBC contract, Wheezy said, why don't you just come and we'll do a podcast together because it'll just be a continuation of the great conversations we always have. And we've been doing it for a couple of years and we're up to what, 117 episodes now, which is not bad. And uh, I'm just having a fantastic time it's it's uh it's really the best part of my week the two people that stuck out to me as we were talking before we started recording is henry winkler who i love the fonds and mark summers who hosted double dare when my kids were small we used to watch double dare all the time and man i love that guy and he so loves what he does you can tell he's passionate about what he does both of those guys do you did stand-up comedy with him fritz Yes, he he was uh, he always was somebody who was very fast on his feet. He did uh, what's called in the business crowd work, where he could uh, interact with a crowd and think right off the top of his head. David Letterman was another great practitioner of that art form, and uh, he was always good with that. And uh, 
Then he went on to host shows, and he's got a great business mind. So now I think he's hosting and producing shows, not so much for Nickelodeon anymore, but but for uh, the home networks and and uh, the the shows that have cooking and stuff. He carved out quite a nice industry for himself, and he's a great guy. But I knew at the very start, getting to know him, that he was going to do something with his uh, quick personality because he always sort of had that bent. Now, mm-hmm. Louise, you worked with Rick Dees. That's pretty cool. Are you a musician? I'm looking because uh, I can see, you know, we're on a Skype call. The listeners can't see this, but I see a lot of musical instruments in your background. Tell us about your music. Yes, I, I love music. I can I play drums and guitar and I write songs. So I recorded a little bit of it. And I have one album that you can find on, on Spotify and Apple Music. But uh, it's a hobby for me. We'll talk about the album if somebody wants to listen to it. What do they look oh, for? It's it's definitely pop songs. I, I, I love pop music. It's uh, called Drummer Girl, and just put in my name, and that's the only album that will pop up. But I, I have some videos up on my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Louise Palenker. I have some music videos that, that I made after I completed the, the, the album. Cool. Fritz, you retired two years ago. You guys have known each other for 30 years. When did you say, let's do this podcast? This is my fifth and favorite podcast. I've been podcasting since you could, and I've had some great partners. Not all of them were as prepared and well-dressed as Fritz, but but I do love them like your children. You know, I I love them all. Maybe I love Fritz a little bit, a little bit more because, you know, he's just my best friend. So, yeah, I started with a, a fellow comedian named Laura Swisher. We did a podcast like in, in 2005 that was so innovative that we were actually on a morning show at NBC where Fritz worked at the time because it was like two ladies talking. Interesting. Tell me more. But it was like that podcasting was kind of a new frontier. And then and we were two women that were doing it. So it's it started out as being pretty innovative. And now it's really hard to find someone without a podcast. I know you guys cover pop culture over the past 50 years. Talk about it and let the listeners know what they can expect and how can they find it. Well, we, we, we talk about anything that we find interesting. I mean, we don't pigeonhole ourselves to one topic. We talk about books or movies. We interview politicians. We interview authors. We interview politicians who are authors. <laughs> Anybody that's part of the common zeitgeist we like to talk about. What resonates with us, because we're baby boomers, is stars from that era, sitcom stars, Christopher Knight from the Brady Bunch, uh, Tony Dow, Bill Moomey from Lost in Space. And some of the best conversations we've had are them because we sort of interview them with the inquisitiveness of fans who grew up watching what they did. But the fun part in each of those interviews is making them three-dimensional and finding out what they've done for the rest of their lives and um, many of them have great expertise in other fields, and it's really a lot of fun. And we often reveal things that our listeners didn't know, and those are those are the best conversations. How do you find your guests? We have a booker. We have uh, Sharon Bellio, who books for a local radio station here, and uh, she we have her on a part-time basis, and she's great. She's, uh, as you know, as a podcaster, after you've done it a while and you've interviewed a couple of people, you get some credibility with publicists. And they're not afraid to expose 
their clients to you and through you to the public. And so we're really starting to get some great momentum with authors and stars and people who are trying to attract attention to themselves. And so we, we, uh, we're, we're building. We're building slowly. You guys yeah. have had 107 episodes so far? Oh, we just did 114. Oh, 114. How long yeah. do you plan on going till you just don't have fun with it anymore? Do you got a goal? We're going to go to at least one stairs to her house and I'll never be able to do it in a walker. <laughs> I like yeah. I like Louise's answer. We're going to go to you know, 115. When, when you listen to This American Life and you're like this is episode 20,000 and you're like, "Wow." Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and so it 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 makes you feel inspired that this is something that we can do for a long time because we both really love doing it. With my podcast, I was debating, should I number them? Like, this is episode number six. <laughs> it just doesn't sound as cool as episode 2006. Well, the reason we do that is we catalog them all on our website. And then as we're gathering new fans, we can direct them to this library. Right. And somewhere in there, there's got to be a topic or two that interests them with our little thumbnails. And it's uh, it's kind of fun. That, right. It's just a, it's a sorting method. And we use a we use a uh, a portal called Transistor and they number it for you. They just give it a number the next time you post one. So and that, that helps us, especially if you're trying to look for something or research something or maybe for fans wonder if you've already have already listened to this one. Maybe it helps you. Some people remember things according to numbers. Some people remember things according to names or content. I guess it just it's like a calendar. Right. We like to keep track of of things uh, using numbers. Do you guys got any uh, secrets that you can share of future guests? I'd ha I would have to look at my calendar because as Fritz knows, I'm so busy creating these shows that, you know, he'll, le he'll leave my house on Tuesday and say, who's next week? And I'll be like, I have no idea because I'm, I do, I have to do all the post-production. And so I really get sort of, because I'm ADD, I get kind of hyper-focused on where I am. And then I come up for air and I look around me and like, is there a book to read for next week? And I, I start reading. So She, she is a, a documentary filmmaker and we also post our show on YouTube. So she does a great job post-producing the show with accompanying videos and pictures that sort of tell the story even better. And there's a lot of work and more work involved in that part of it than actually doing the podcast. So it's, yeah. uh, she's busy. I'm not, I don't have that expertise. Fritz is always, Fritz is very knowledgeable and very prepared and he's just, he, you know, you know, you talk about your 10,000 hours. Well, Fritz has done more than 10,000 hours. So he's just very comfortable with himself and he can express his thoughts really fluidly. And that's, that's just I, I look over at him and I know he's got it. So, I, I mean, I just love that. Let's see. I'm looking at the calendar coming up. We have uh, this will be one you, you may like for us is on on the six. We're going to be talking to two radio programmers from the 80s and 90s that are will be interesting to all fans of terrestrial radio. We'll be talking to guys, Apollyon and Johnny K. And then on the 13th, we're going to be talking to John Sebastian, which Fritz and I are both looking forward to because we love his music. So, yeah, we've got some some fun stuff coming up. That is cool. And as it turns out, they're our peers. So we like talking to them. And the, how, the reason we got John Sebastian was we had a Felix Cavalieri of the Rascals on, which was a spectacular interview. Just a humble, nice man. And I was always a huge fan of the Rascals when I was growing up. It was one of my favorite bands. And a Blue-Eyed Soul band, and I grew up in Philadelphia, and Blue-Eyed Soul was sort of the background to your life in that era. So it was a great pleasure. And then Felix just gave us his, uh, emailed John and said that he had a reasonable time, and John emailed us back <laughs> and we booked him. So that's the way it's happening. Yeah, we were so happy. 
something about Felix that, you know, I, I, I always I say this every time somebody interviews me. My favorite kind of an interview with a star is a person who's extremely talented but comfortable in their own skin. The greatest example of that is Henry Winkler. You will not meet a bigger star but a nicer human being on the planet. And he'll go through a crowd of people and everybody will make a big fuss and he'll take time with every single one and look him in the eye and ask him questions. I love people like that. Felix was like that. But I think Felix's humility came from the fact that, man, there were some rough times with the Rascals. Right? You know, they, their lead singer went south and they, they, they had some. So the guys who have been humbled by the business are honored that people still want to talk about them. And I think that that's what do you agree with that, Wheezy. I think he was really happy that we were interested in his life. Absolutely. And he's written a book. So, you know, by the time he comes to us, we know a ton about him and we have a lot of follow up questions. And so yeah. it's it's you, you, you kind of like you're always struck by like this is a voice that came out of my radio during my childhood. So exactly. you're very, very close to him. But then you get to have this heart to heart conversation where you skip the small talk and go right to the meaty, interesting, uh, deep stuff. And that's what podcasting allows you to do. It, it allows you to have a really heartfelt conversation and 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 where that's what's expected. And even though you don't know the person yet, you feel like you do because of your familiarity with with their work and and everybody's re ready to dig in and just have a really deep conversation. And so we love that. I went to your website and I was pretty impressed with the honesty of when you were teaching Fritz how to download a podcast. Here's our dynamic. And I have a dynamic with her that's very similar to my dynamic with my children and not my grandchildren. I am clueless electronically. So Wheezy has to handhold me through the experience. I, she's the only one that understands how the whole podcasting world works. Without her, we wouldn't have a podcast. I understand nothing. I, I get to the show. I, when they tell me to talk, I talk. But I am, even with my own computer, if I have a problem, I'll call my daughter, who's a college student, at 3 o'clock in the morning and <laughs> Help. <laughs> that's why people breed fritz <laughs> that's right exactly thank goodness for kids yeah. and their technical abilities mm -hmm. from the time your show started how do you feel it's grown over these 114 episodes let's approach it from the standpoint of like our fritz and i getting better at what we do rather than because i don't really think the format has changed or the way that we go about it. it you know our show isn't linear you can listen to all of these episodes out of order and you 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 won't miss a thing but maybe fritz and i are getting a little better at recognizing where the conversation is flowing just by looking over at each other and maybe we're getting better at at uh being being consistently good and prepared i i think honestly Weez, i think you're right and i think our preparation is what we bring to the table She's very prepared. She does a deep dive on 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 guests and on subject matter. We ask questions that aren't the typical, you know, uh, step and repeat questions that stars hear every day. And once you've proven to your interviewee that you've done the research and you're interested in their topic, that completely relaxes them. They say, OK, these people are serious. They're not playing around. I can relax and be myself. I'm not going to get hammered with the same old questions where my eyes glazed over. And I really think that's what we bring to the table. We both prepare. And I think you know, about five minutes into the interview, we make our guests very comfortable because of that. Would I you agree with that, Weezy? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Do you guys have any words of advice to somebody who might want to start a podcast? 
how to go about it? You know, some of your experiences or stuff that you've learned. That's a wheezy question. I would say make sure that you have a grandchild. <laughs> and oh man, and that and that they're they're, they're taking your calls. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it, it's like it's like starting a business, right? So a lot of people, most people in the world are really comfortable having a career and having a job where, you know, you clock in and you get paid. And yet, yeah, we're all kind of like 24 seven people now with our phones and everything. But like, for the most part, there's someone else doing the books and there's someone else kind of like plugging things in and you know what your lane is and you go to work and you do it. Most people don't run their own company. And so just know if you're going to get in, if you're going to get into uh, podcasting as a hobby, which you need to do because it doesn't pay for most of us, but it's going to be like running a business. You're going to have to do everything that's required. And it's more than just you talking into a microphone. So if you're coming into it all starry eyed, we're like, you say, my conversations with my girlfriend are the best. We're going <laughs> to record them. Just know that there's a lot more work than that involved. Have your eyes open and dive in and maybe have someone on your team who's really naturally technical so that when you get flustered, there's somebody that you can bring in and say, help me pass this sticky point. I can't quite figure out how to make this work because there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through technically and also posting online to have your podcast as as you well know for us i would just say it's more work than you you're than you are expecting and have a good team there to, to support you who love it as much as you do yeah absolutely. and I, I would just add to that everything she said is perfectly correct i would just add to it if you're a person who is looking for the brief ticket to stardom uh, you know, to be recognized in the entertainment community, this is not going to be what you want to do. There are 150,000 podcasts in America. Carving out a space for yourself, particularly at the beginning, is very hard. You just have to do it because you love it. There's no way to monetize it until you're one of the top five podcasters in the world. You just have to do it because you love the conversation. You're naturally inquisitive. You have good chemistry with your co-host. And don't look for miracles. Just do it and gradually it will grow. But it, it has to come from your love of the conversation or, uh, or your love of performance or something. Right. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we wrap? We hope no. you'll find us. You can go anywhere and just type the words Media Path Podcast into any kind of like computing device and you'll find us. We're all over Spotify, uh, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We have a YouTube channel where there's a visual presentation of what we do, which we complement with a lot of photographs and that, that uh, illustrate what people are discussing. So you can just sit back and watch us on your TV while you knit and have a fine afternoon. <laughs> Thank you both for joining me today. It was a fun to chat with you, Forrest. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Yeah, you've been a joy, Forrest. Thank you so much.